0: Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Randy Machaman Savage has regained the championship.
1: right
0: here is the future of wrestling VOC nation wrestling network wrestling with history take three voice of choice bruce word killer ken resnick wonderful willie the legend maker bill apter and this is actually the third time we're doing this because the first time i flubbed it the second time i didn't hit record and this is the third time thankfully we've lost only about 10 minutes of our lives but guys we're covering the wwe hall of fame today and oh. We lost the 2020 class last year, so they're gonna do it again this year. So I figured why not just
1: do it. Well, this is great because we're we're dropping this, as they say, we're airing this. See, I like airing. I'm an old school radio guy. But we're dropping this actually a few hours before people will see it on the WWE Network for the last time, WWE Network, unless you're in Europe. Uh, And you can see it uh, here on uh, Peacock. So if you're watching this ahead of time, you're gonna get our great comments. And if you're watching it afterwards, can you believe what we said? I can't believe it. Me either. By the way, I know uh, the fan, so we
0: inserted some of the fan reaction comments from our shows the last couple weeks. That seems to be pretty popular. We will continue to do that, but we'll do that next week when we get back into the regular swing of things. This is a, a special episode. We're recording a day early and I have not had the chance transparently to gather that feedback. so next, please, week, next
1: week, we will do, as promised, Rowdy, Roddy Piper.
0: Yes. yes. All right. We'll do Roddy Piper next Get week. Get on with
1: the Hall of Fame. That's what he would say.
0: Ken, I hear it's very warm out there in Minnesota.
1: It. We set an
2: all-time record. The first week of April today was 84
1: degrees. Wow wow was that outdoors or is that where your thermostat is uh... no
2: that was outdoors they established at the minneapolis st. Paul airport about 20 minutes from me it was 84 degrees
1: 84 you know, I don't degrees. know what comedian ever said this I, I don't I think it was Jackie Mason years and uh, if you don't know who he is you know look him up on Google but he says you know whenever they give the Weather forecast. They say what it's at the airport. It's, nobody lives at the airport.
0: Nobody lives, and it's the airport's usually not close to where people live. Right. right. I know yeah. I know. Okay. A- anyway, so we're going to go through, um, uh, you know, a couple different uh, members of the Hall of Fame classes, both versions this year. And uh, interesting, last year we we were not able to have a Hall of Fame ceremony because of the pandemic. WrestleMania was in the Performance Center. And this year, we get to see WrestleMania in front of fans, which is great. The Hall of Fame was not in front of fans, pre-taped. But I'm assuming, Bill, they'll probably have some friends and family. And oh, yeah, close... yeah, there
1: were friends and family. I, I'm, every year I've been invited, I'm not going this year, uh, which is a tragedy to me because I, the past few years, my son and I always met up at the Hall of Fame. My good buddy, uh, uh, Ali Marafi, the promoter from uh, Qatar, pro wrestling. We all had our own little group there at the Hall of Fame every year. And uh, I miss it. I really do. Yeah.
0: Next year, hopefully. God year. willing. Yes. All right, all right so uh, let's just
1: run things down. Dr. Fauci willing, too, by the way.
0: Yes, we're going to have the Hall of... We have to get rid of the pandemic so that we can do the WWE Hall of Fame, okay? Everybody take your back seats.
2: Now, now I know both you guys kind of follow the, the product today a, a little bit more than I do. Yeah. What, where exactly is the Hall of Fame? What's the address of the, the, the Hall There's of Fame? There's no
1: physical Hall of Fame. I actually, no, no. I actually, um, in um, my book, in my book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Thank you. There is a chapter of uh, way back, oh, about 20 years ago, a little longer than that when WWF uh, was going to hire me. Um, I was going to be the, uh, the curator of uh, the Hall of Fame back there. So they they have taught, talked about a physical location. They're originally going to do it at the uh, Debbie Reynolds Hotel, uh, then at another place. And now they're talking about uh, at, uh, I, I think Universal or one of the uh, theme parks was going to have a physical Hall of Fame. It will, they do have a traveling one because every year at WrestleMania, they set up at, at the uh, Fan Fest, they set up, the hall of fame things
0: yeah isn't that interesting that they would potentially have it at universal studios right after the wwe network moves to peacock just head scratcher if you're thinking about what the future might hold
1: right well, we don't know where they i mean uh, ideally you know they'd love to just have it in that area near the performance center its own separate building
0: Ken, i was thinking rio de janeiro would be a great spot for the hall of fame
2: well, I, I was just thinking it, it, it's, you know, t- too bad for Bill. That would be one of the great jobs of all time to be a creator of something that really doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got them a lot of memorabilia. Seriously, I got the Buddy Rogers boots and a bunch of uh, other things to put in there. But Bruce, you know what Rio de Janeiro really is in the wrestling business it's where pat patterson won the intercontinental That's championship where all, the phantom, all the phantom title changes have taken place and it's amazing I, it. I was down there and i shot that match and i accidentally had no film in my camera oh boy what are we going to so, do i don't know
2: what are we going to do now Rio de janeiro just for wrestling fans so, so they can understand this that the that borders parts unknown
1: correct <laughs> Correct. Correct. Oh. And you need to wear a mask if you come out of there. The
0: WWE Hall of Fame class, the year 2020. So you got John Bradshaw Layfield, the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, Jushin Thunder Lagger, who I understand will not be participating this year, or he did he get um, taken out of the class, Bill? I don't. I believe didn't see so. him on the final. Uh, well, I don't believe so. All right, you got the New World Order. I'll watch and, it
1: later tonight and tell you.
0: Yes. That's the original version of Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac, or Six-Pac, whatever you want to call him, Sean Waltman, and the Bella Twins with celebrity edition William Shatner, and the Warrior Award goes to Titus O'Neill, and I want to back up a little bit and yeah, talk about the beginning. somebody that both of you guys know and uh, have spent some time with, one of the most famous rivers or uh, one of the one half of the uh, most famous ribbers in the business, the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, one of the great talents in wrestling. And I heard, I've heard third hand, never part of it, but I've heard some great stories with him and Dynamite doing a lot of ribbon. Ken, were you ever part of a British Bulldog's rib in the backstage area of WWE?
2: No, actually, I never was. The only part of a British Bulldog rib was actually uh, on an interview we did, which I think we may have talked about when we were talking about Vince McMahon, which did not make him very happy. Uh, (laughs) This was kind of during the heyday of the British Bulldog, Matilda, an actual British Bulldog. Uh, And I think Davey Boy cooked it up because he kept Pressing the issue, I was trying to talk about you know the, their upcoming match and uh, the, you know we were hyping in the card for whatever build, building we were going to be in and city. And Davey Boy kept kind of bringing the the interview back to to Matilda and the inspiration Matilda was for them. And you know then Davey wanted to talk about you know how Matilda ha- had been spayed. Uh, and, you know, kept going, well, what do you call, you know, what's the word? I can't remember, you know, what do you call a dog that, and he's going back and forth and I'm trying to get back, you know, to the, the hype, the match and maybe sell some tickets. So finally I said, well, you, you know, you, you call her a bitch, but let's move on. Uh, and then Davey boy started laughing, which was his intent, uh, the, the entire time. And a little bit later, um, I think after the interview aired that, you know, the agents didn't have a problem or anyone else, you know, there Uh, when Vince saw it, uh, this was, you know, in the the mid eighties, he did not like the fact, uh, I used that word, um, called me, you know, to to talk. um, And, you know, I was smart enough knowing it was Vince. I didn't try and say, you know, hey, they goaded me into it. You know, I just said, you, you're right. I shouldn't have, you know, I apologize. You know, Vincent, don't let it happen again. And, and and that was that. So they never ribbed me behind the scenes, but that was the only one Davey Boy kind of cooked up. Why didn't they just cut it? If he didn't like it, why wouldn't they cut it? Did it just sneak through? Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. When we did it, the agents, the production people that were in the interview room didn't have a problem with it. Vince didn't see it until it aired, you know. <laughs> wow. And then it was, you know, the the uh, cat was out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, so that was why. But it was just, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe Vince was in a bad mood when when he saw it or or whatever. But that that was really the only, you know, rib because you know we talked about that being the interviewer, you could, you know, help talent that was maybe struggling a little bit on the promo. Uh so most of the guys were saying, hey, you know, we, we need to keep a good relationship with with Ken because he can make us look bad. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, you know, I really wasn't other than what we talked about last week with with Bobby Heenan um really wasn't the subject of, of many ribs and I think that was due to just the the position I was in
0: they didn't mess with you Bill when did you become first become aware of the British well at least Davy Boy Smith and was
1: was uh well I'll start there and then I'll I'll go into my well, well the first of all they didn't do ribs they did shepherd pie <laughs> that's number one number two uh I became aware British, of- not Irish right thank you I became um uh, Aware of them from the photos that uh, uh, Koichi Yashizawa was sending us from uh, from Japan, uh, and also Bob Leonard from our Calgary photographer was sending us uh, pictures of uh, Dynamite and uh, Davy Boy, um, and just from the photos, you could sense the movement. You can sense you could sense the excitement. My chagrin here is that both of them are not going. In, I think they both should go in. Davy Boy, of course, um, was in the uh, the WWF. Uh, uh, I mean, after uh, Dynamite was gone and all that, Davy Boy uh, had more of a legacy in the WWF. But I, I would have liked to have seen them both. Uh, in, I spoke with him uh, many times. Did a lot of interviews with him. Um, a classic wrestler trained in the uh, are uh, the likes of the Dungeon and the Stu Hart method. And uh, yeah, it, it's about time, you know, there was a lot of hard feelings. A lot of people thought because of how uh, uh, Fred Hart and the whole Owen Hart situation unfolded in WWE, but he is so deserving of this honor. I just wish they were both going in.
0: Why do you think yeah. it is that Dynamite's not... Oh, go ahead, Ken, I'll I'll, oh, I'll let I, you I, I
2: go. Say, you know, we alluded to it a little earlier. I mean, how much coverage the, the performance center gets and NXT gets. And I, I think, you know, you'll both agree that if you look at some of the greatest tag teams in WWF, WWE history, in terms of in ring ability, oh, the Hart you. Foundation, you know the British Bulldog, Dynamite Kid, uh, just came out of this basement of Stu Hart's house in Calgary, yeah. uh, and, and I think that kind of attests to w- what they had to to go through. And and you know I agree, I couldn't agree more with Bill that uh, putting you know Davy Boy in you know without the British Bulldog or, or vice versa, just it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, I, I mean, you guys, I think, follow a little bit more than I do. The, the, the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame, it is basically, it, it's so subjective a, as to who gets in. And I think the number two reason is financial considerations. You know, what name is going to on DVD sales or t-shirts or whatever is going to make them the, the, the most money.
1: Uh, I, I think, uh, I think he'll mention, uh, of course, it would be wrong of Davey boy Smith, not to mention the dynamite kid. I'm sure. And I'm sure we'll probably even see footage of the two of them with each other.
0: Well, it's, So I'm assuming it'll be, it'll be Davey, his son, accepting the award, right?
1: Harry Smith. Yeah, Harry.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh
1: now uh tom wait a minute right did i say something that he will mention nothing yeah yeah, he won't be mentioning i I meant harry harry will mention that can we rewind that (laughs) harry when he accepts the speech for his father bill uh tom billington not going in
0: you think that's because of his demons is that because of the the uh roll of quarters to the head of uh Jacques Rougeau or Ray Rougeau, I forget who, who he punched that led to their ultimate exit. What, what do you think that was? I, I don't
1: know what it's for. I, I, again, I just think there were, uh, um, it might be just some sort of politics that we don't know about. I don't want to even uh, think about that. Why
0: speculate if you don't know the answer? Yeah, right?
1: I don't know the answer, but I would have liked to have seen them both. Going. bill uh, any rib stories of the british bulldog no, they, remember that was the uh era when the magazines were pretty much banned from the uh wwf so whenever i was with those two uh at the hotel or whatever it was talking about the business and stuff no i see i didn't know either of them as great uh ribbers. keep in mind bruce back then everybody pulled ribs on everybody yeah. else it wasn't just them they they were just some of the more hardcore. Maybe, I don't know. I never really heard any stories about that. Um,
2: You know, one of the things that, uh, in in talking to a lot of guys, one of the reasons there was, as Bill alluded to, so many ribs. You know, remember in, in those days, we were on the road sometimes, you know, 25, 26 days a month, and every day was a different city. Uh, I mean, many times you'd be crisscrossing the, the the country, and the ribs kind of contributed to just breaking up the monotony. You know, uh, I've had friends say, "Man, it must have been so great to be doing all that traveling." And I can say, "All we ever saw was the airport, the hotel, and the arena." Yeah. So you know. you know, ribs was just a a, a form of. You know, breaking up the the day, uh, you know, and a lot of it, you know, you you were told, you know, where to be, what you had to do in the match. I mean, the ribs were almost the only way people had of expressing their own individuality.
1: Well, they're also... um was the fact that there was no internet back then. So you could do ribs and get away with it because nobody else knew.
0: Yeah, you know, pre-pandemic, I traveled a lot for business, a lot, almost every week. And that's something that a lot of people would say to me is, well, you get to see so much of the country. And I would say the same thing. I get to see airports, hotels, and rental cars. And I, I think what happens, though, and, and this is it goes to the spirit of what you said, the team, you know, I, I lead a team across the country. And when you're traveling with the same people, you develop a camaraderie. And and some of that camaraderie is just playing jokes and having
1: fun and a stick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But wrestlers can be a little bit more uh, hardcore with their their fun. Let, let's let smile going like he wants to Go ahead. No, Next. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Listen, I'm just saying. I've heard some legendary ribs that, uh, like, like feces in a duffel bag stuff that I wouldn't want to be part of. Uh, let's move on. Those were ribs. It was booked that way. <laughs> well, I don't know what was in in that. <laughs> Never mind. Next, um, it could be ribs. Listen, the new world order. So we will talk, and we've talked about Hulk Hogan. We'll probably talk about him in longer form on a different show kevin nash uh ken didn't have a whole lot of experience with but scott hall is somebody that both of you have been around worked with and know to me scott hall um i think he's already in his razor ramon but scott hall is one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time could carry a match ring psychology could cut a promo as good as anybody i've ever seen and to me he's somebody that and maybe he got in his own way, but I would have loved to see Scott Hall with a long run with the WWE
1: title. Well, and yeah. We're, we're talking about the NWO with Hollywood Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Okay. This group was one of the most unique groups ever in the entire business. Sure. Uh, I, as soon them. as somebody mentions the name, those names, do you know what I think of? What's that? The music. You could you see Hogan coming down, mocking like he's got a guitar. You see Scott Hall doing this for your premium watchers doing this. You see Kevin Nash just looking like a tough SOB. You see X Pac just taking in the crowd. This particular faction was um in, uh probably the most wise guy, I was with them a lot. I traveled with them. Uh, they were one of the most, you talk about ribs and things. They were the, one of the most wise guy factions. I have Scott Hall was pulling ribs from the second he got up until the second he went to sleep. And I think he also pulled ribs when he went to sleep. Um, Hogan just got out of the whole take your vitamins deal. And he actually became that Hollywood Hulk Hogan guy, uh, Kevin Nash was impossible to deal with. He just wanted things the, the way he wanted it. And, and X Pac was like the, the kid. But they were all they were together. They were real life friends. That's what made this so amazing. So even though they're only they're singly in the WWE Hall of Fame, this group together, man, just rings out with yes. You need they need to be. Amazing. Oh,
0: for for sure, and 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 I mean just change the business i mean it's it's as simple as that ken scott hall you you knew scott hall from the awa i'm sure and worked with him a lot scott later on had a whole lot of demons that got in his way and and probably cost him some real opportunity was that your experience with
2: scott in the awa no the exact opposite you know scott first came into the awa he came up um I believe it was Kansas City. So he kind of, you know, he was very old school uh, under, you know, Texas Bob Geigel. Uh, when he first came up to the AWA, uh, he was quiet. He was respectful. Um, he was kind of one, one of those when I would do an interview with him, he was just pretty shy and a bit of an introvert where, you know, he, he, I, I knew – uh, you, you had to be prepared because Scott was not one of those that he would throw a question and then would just, you know, run with it. it. It was more of a back and forth. And then when he got the real first big push, you know, he was teamed with Kurt Hennig. Right. And you talk about two guys that could really work you know, grew up old school, respect for the business, could pace the match, you know, new psychology, that there were never, you know, any problems uh, with Scott in the AWA. And then, you know, I think I, I think it's a good analogy. Part of those demons, I think, came to Scott, as they say, guilt through association. Um, but I, I agree with Bill, the, the NWO and the other group that always comes to mind to, to me along with them, the Fabulous Freebirds. Sure. The NWO and the Fabulous Freebirds, they just fit together. You know, it was, as Bill said, Hulk just became Hollywood Hogan. I, I, I mean, the the booking and, and putting those together of all the tag teams, they, they just, they worked in the ring, they worked together out of the ring, they worked on interviews, they, they just fit perfectly together. You know,
1: Scott Hall, when he went uh, after AWA, when he went to uh, Jim Crockett promotions and they paired him with Danny Spivey for a while there, um, it was the American starship. Um, and uh, he started to, uh, Dusty started to work with him on interviews and stuff. Once Scott got to WWE and the culture of um, of the WWE, uh, a lot of the uh, the guys were drinking a lot of times doing drugs and all this. And he got it's like the rock and the great rock and roll era. You're on the road and you start doing that stuff. And he got he he went overboard and he he admits it. But you know what? He always told me on interviews that I did with him. He says, hey, you this is who I am promoter wants to book me he's got to know what he's getting i may do this i may do that you gotta you know and then then uh, of course he'm going through a rehab at diamond dallas pages you know going into the ddp yoga and stuff and even page couldn't totally straighten him out could not totally straighten him out because scott hall always said this is who he really is that razor ramon guy is who scott hall became and he to this day, when I talk to him, jokingly around at the last convention I did, did an interview with him. He says, uh, "How much money you got?" I said, 20 bucks." He says, "That's my charge for interviews." Goes into my pocket, takes twenty bucks, walked away, and see you later, Bill. Does this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, wow. a, he's a great character. That's uh, I don't, I don't
0: have a follow up to that. There is. Let's take a break. I I don't even know what to say. That's that's, that's not good. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. I want to talk about a member of the 2021 hall of fame class that put the NWO together, Eric Bischoff and, and the, the credit that I think he should get this is wrestling with history worldwide in the voc nation wrestling network voc nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain follow the voc nation wrestling network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Phil after the raging bull manny fernandez ken resnick the maestro shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit vocnation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at vocnation. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of
2: big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech.
2: It opened up so many more doors. The show is
1: called The The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Remember, if you subscribe to Premium for just $3 a month, you get this show and in the room and all of our other top shows absolutely commercial free audio and video and for nine bucks you get access to aptors archives which right now there is a interview from 1974 bruno san martino just losing the tag team titles in the wwa with dick the bruiser to the Valiants, and uh just an awesome interview with bruno complaining about bobby heenan and you just don't think about bruno uh, interacting with bobby heenan and a lot of people know bobby from the 80s but this is all the way back in the early 70s and really good really really good stuff and by the way no BS, right? No BS with Manny Fernandez. Yeah. Get that He's commercial
1: setting the world on fire with the podcast, isn't he?
0: And Manny. So for years and years and years, Bill, two years, as long as we've sold t-shirts, Ken Resnick has been the t-shirt champion, you know, right, right in front of Brady Hicks and Kathy Fitzpatrick. But Manny <laughs> Fernandez. A very low bar. <laughs> Manny Fernandez. And by the way, get your shirt, shirts.vocnation.com or go to Pro Wrestling Tees and find VOC Nation. Manny Fernandez is the number one shirt seller overnight. And uh, Ken, don't feel bad. He had a convention and uh, there was a bulk order place. So. In one day you were
2: defeated. (laughs) now you're mixing retail and wholesale orders? Wait a minute.
0: It all counts. It all counts. Manny Fernandez. No BS. And listen, go back if you if you have a chance. uh, Manny does a great show. He's he's very committed and respecting respecting of the business. And Even if you don't know a lot about Manny because you weren't a fan of of NWA in the late 70s and early 80s, Manny has a lot of stories about people that you will have known or heard about. And and he's very opinionated. So uh, Manny is one of our more popular shows. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and look for No BS. It's all in the same feed. So very are all free on the voc nation wrestling network podcast feed you got to listen to the commercials but it's free subscribe on any of your of the podcast apps so any of your whatever your favorite is
2: is the co-host of that show it would be me well based on that alone i would like to place your name and nomination for the first ever voc nation hall of fame ballot
0: i I second the motion I guess I have to pay for the museum then too, right? And
2: and you have to buy your own plaque.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, listen, I said, never mind.
2: All right. But, um, Bill, but Bill's available as the curator. Absolutely.
0: That's why my wife doesn't like that I do this stuff anymore. Um, before the break, we were talking about the NWO. And the people in the NWO and Bill, you were talking about, you know, them kind of being old school. They travel together, all very big topics. They were the stars. band. Yeah. So even Sean Waltman was was a big star and and he changed the business when he went back to the WWE. It's crazy. It took a lot of viewers with him, um, and and did similar things with DX. But I I want to transition into Eric Bischoff because I don't know if there were four other guys that could have pulled it off. So even if Bischoff, a lot of people say he stole the idea from Japan where they were doing something similar. I don't know if you could do this gimmick without for these four guys, you had to
1: have the right combination, and he knew, he knew right away that he had this click, so to say, uh, there, and it was brilliant the way that this was put together because they all kind of formed it with him, like at the same time, it just came together. It was, it was absolutely amazing, and it changed the entire, the whole. Wrestling world was completely changed with this this group this faction.
0: Did either one of you talk to Hogan before the the turn? I know, like Ken, you had a lot of experience and became friendly with Hogan. Did you talk to him before this happened in '96?
2: No, no. I we, we kind of lost touch. You know, once uh, he left WWF and and went down to uh, WCW, so I did actually. I, I, I talked mean, to him. It, it was if you think about it from a a business standpoint, it it made total sense because there wasn't much more you could do with Hulk as, you know, the American hero, you know, say your prayers, you know, eat your vitamins um, that they needed to do something because the, the character had not gotten old, but people were just, used to, that's Hulk Hogan, that, you know, th- they needed something and, you know, whether Hulk uh, initiated making, you know, turning to Bischoff or the other way around, um, I, I don't know, but I agree. It, it, it was smart because, I mean, it thrust him right back into the forefront.
1: Well, it made him hotter than ever. I, I talked to him about a week before that. And he asked me. He says, "Willie, you uh, you watch the TV every week?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Watch Monday night. You're gonna knock your socks off." And he didn't tell me what it was, but whoo, the light drop from hell changed the whole business. Made Hollywood Hulk Hogan the you know all the breaking the hearts of all the kids that were saying their prayers and taking their vitamins and things like that. He just became one of the greatest rule breakers of all time. Nobody could believe it. Nobody could believe it.
0: Nobody could have done. So I've heard stories about, you know, who could have been that that third guy at the time and, you know, possibilities being Lex Luger or Sting. I don't think Sting would have had it in them. They tried to turn Sting heel a few times and it, it never really stuck. I think people, Sting's just got... Something about him. The thing about Hogan was the fans had started to turn on him in WCW. Correct. In the WWF towns, they still cheered Hogan. If you went, you know, up north, but down south, I mean, that was Ric Flair territory. And if you put Hogan against Luger, Sting, or Flair, they were booing him out of the building, and he's still playing
1: in the crowd. They almost they had to do something. No, the the red and yellow Hogan. Um, needed to change because when he did that whole parade at Universal and all that, fans were there. A lot of that was staged. But you saw the matches, people were like, oh, Hulk Hogan again, this type of thing. So this was one of the great surprises in the business because nobody knew about it. Nobody expected it. Who would have thought that would happen?
2: Yeah, and and I don't think, um, not the ability, but I, I don't think Lex Luger or sting had the personality to be able to mix in
1: correct i agree uh,
2: like, like the four did i mean it was just a, a perfect fit um you know people forget and, and he's talking about somebody doing a turn um lex luger back then was not you know the most approachable guy or the most well-liked and and i, I just don't think uh, that, that would have fit. Um, and you're right, Bruce sting had his own, uh, persona a a little bit, you know, the opposite but a little bit, the same like Rowdy Roddy Piper in that you could put him in a, in a tag for a a brief storyline, but he was just his own persona and would always just flourish as his own.
1: Yeah, keep something in mind here, okay? Regarding Eric Bischoff, one of the big run-ins that I had with him was that in the magazines, we always talked about the McMahon-Turner war. And Eric took very heated exception to what we were printing in the magazine because he said to me, The war is not Turner McMahon, it's Bischoff McMahon. I have Ted Turner's money. I'm the person who's doing this. I'm the person who's at war with Vince McMahon or who's battling with Vince McMahon with the WWF. It was not Turner, it was Bischoff. And he deserves all the credit for for getting that, uh, all those 83 weeks of incredible ratings was all his brilliance, it really was. A lot of people don't want to say that, but Eric Bischoff deserves to be in there, not just because of that, but because of the creative way that he ran wrestling. Ken, did you have a lot of interaction with him when he was a broadcaster in AWA?
2: Uh, no, he I, I was gone before he even started. Um, you
0: and- didn't have to promote Ninja Star Wars?
2: <laughs> Pardon? You didn't have to promote Star Wars? No, no. (laughs) Uh, In fact, the the only real interaction I I ever had with Eric, other than, you know, bumping into him at a, uh, uh, like, NAPTI convention or something, um, was right after he started with uh, the AWA. We met at TGI Fridays, and he just wanted, you know, a, a little insight. Um, and, you know, I remember telling him, I said, the best advice I can give you is, you know, any I can get it in writing,
0: <laughs> get it in <laughs> writing. Right. Ken, your internet failed us. But I think what you said is uh, any you, you, your advice to Eric with Vern was anything that he says, get it in writing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. I said, you know, any subsequent deal, you know, any anything with, with Vernon Gregg uh, about what they're going to do for you, what they're going to pay you, anything, get it in writing.
1: You notice, Ken, uh, that anytime we talk about Vern Gagne, Bruce gets that look on his face again, that smile, that like he needs to know some more.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I think about his final match. I know. Never mind. Let's avoid that. Um, Listen, Eric Bischoff, a lot of people pick on him because – they talk about the big budget that he had. And I can tell you, there's a lot of people in business with big budgets that waste and, and lose a lot of money. So having a lot of money doesn't mean that you will be successful. And that's not why he was successful and ultimately, you know, a Hall of Famer. Eric Bischoff had charisma. He had he had a lot of great ideas and then I think the other thing about Bischoff is he knew who to listen to if you listen to some of his stories like Kevin Sullivan was doing the booking for a lot of that Eric Bischoff heyday in WCW and Sullivan was an old school booker that knew how to tell a story and that that's something that I think Bischoff had the the big ideas and the paycheck or the paybook, whatever you call it. But he was listening to the people that, that ultimately brought him to the dance. Right. Yeah. That's who, and, that's, and who I think that's a
2: sure, Ken, I was, Ken, that great point. Uh, with all the criticism of Eric Bischoff, you know, I've always felt Eric Bischoff was smart enough to know he probably wasn't the smartest guy in the room. So he listened to anybody that he thought could make him more successful. And there, as, as Bill knows, well, there are a lot of people in the business that do not possess that quality.
1: Correct. Absolutely correct. He had a great team working for him that he was under the learning tree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he listened. And, and, and again, um, I do a whole uh, leadership podcast uh, check that out it's also part of uh, the megaphone platform and, and the advertised cast family uh, it's called next generation leadership but I think in in any kind of business you have to you have to listen more than you talk and when you listen you learn things and I think Eric Eric did that I wasn't I wasn't close to Eric um, other than you know, Eric, Eric and I spent a little bit of time together. I got a chance to know him when I did some work for Hogan and friends when they were in Allentown and Eric, uh, I was lucky enough to go backstage and, and, uh, spent some time at TNA. And that was uh, those are some of the greatest times of my life. So mm-hmm. I always say, uh, anytime I interact with Eric, I say, I I certainly remember you, because, you know, you uh, gave me some of the best memories of my life. But you probably don't remember me. And, uh, but but just a great guy. And you hear a lot of bad stories about Eric, but I, I didn't experience that. And he didn't have to be nice to me. You, you know, I was,
1: I had hot and cold with him for on and off for many years. But to be honest with you, in the end, we're, uh, uh, I think he ha- did, had a brilliant career. He still does because of what he's doing with Conrad with the 83 weeks, um, but no, we, I, I really like him because he's, uh, again, he learned from the right people and he really became a uh, uh, an, an icon in this business who, deserves every, uh, accolade. Uh, one more name I want to go
0: and then we'll do a little lightning round for the rest of the names. But before we get to that, I just got to ask you guys, you mentioned Conrad and we talked about Bischoff. I want to ask, uh, have you seen, uh, Ken or Bill, have you seen this? Uh, Chris Jericho is going to be a guest on stone cold Steve Austin's yeah, Of course. Show. What do you mean? Have we seen this? Of course. Well, I I just, I put something out there and I I tweeted under the at VOC nation moniker, and this is a hot take, but I think this is a little bit weird, a little bit weird that you got Conrad who's tied to Eric Bischoff and Tony Khan and Bruce Pritchard. And now Chris Jericho, who's AEW is on the WWE network you have the WWE registering trademarks for WCW toys and action figures. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, NXT moves from
1: Wednesday to Tuesday. What's
0: mm-hmm. going on here,
1: guys? Is there something well, brewing? Dick Lowry, one of my uh, video correspondents who does What a Day, two years ago, said that he said to me, Willie, this, these guys are in bed together, so to say. I said, there's no way. I think right now at this point with the, the Jericho thing, first of all, Peacock is going to do incredible numbers on this, so it's good for everybody. It really is. Are they working together? I think if a mutual deal provides great ratings and great financial reap financial rewards, that people will work together. The Vince McMahon of 10 years ago, let him go to hell that run roast in hell. There's no way the business is different. Now, very innocently, very innocently, the way that this happened between Austin and Jericho who have been friends and they both asked their bosses. And I don't think Vince has that hatred business sense anymore. If it's going to, it's going to prove to NBC which is Peacock is owned by NBC. It's going to prove to NBC that no matter what it takes, we're going to do great for you yeah. people, and it doesn't hurt AEW as well. <laughs> Helps AEW a lot. Yeah. Ken, is this? Do you think this is going
0: to lead to something, maybe an angle heading into WrestleMania?
2: I, I I I doubt that, but you know, I'll point out to what you know. I I said you know at the beginning of the show that, unfortunately, the, the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, is subjective and financial. And you just kind of solidified it that, you know, WWE is filing copyright for WCW toys. Uh, I forget what else from but WCW.
1: But they own WCW.
2: Yeah, but isn't it just coincidental that they're filing copyright for all these toys? And who's going in the Hall of Fame to get talked about? NWO and Eric Bischoff. So I, I think there's a little bit of the link right there. It's kind of a big dollar sign. All,
1: All right, right, Bruce. I, Bruce, I know where you're going. And you want me to say this. So I'm going to say this, okay? Quite, and this is quite some time ago. I said to you privately that Bruce Pritchard is one of the main guys in WWE. Yeah, yeah. Who does he do his podcast with? Conrad Thompson. Right. Conrad is uh, best friends with the entire AW, not best friends, friends with everybody in AWE. There's a whole lineage of these things happening. Now, at one point, Vince McMahon said he'd never deal with Chris Jericho because Jericho promised him he'd never compete with him in the United States. Right. In the United States. So that's happened. There's no bombs going off that we're not going to deal with this guy. We're not going to. So I think that my guy, Joe Lowry, at this point may have called this correctly, that this is an elaborate two or three year situation that you know if you AEW guys work out. Now it can't be for WrestleMania because the podcast does not air until after I think Saturday nights. Um, yeah, that's the 11th but- or Sunday or Sunday yeah. night. I'm not sure which one. But um you know a perfect invasion the way the NWO happened, Cody Rhodes coming back and saying you guys thought I was a piece of garbage, didn't you? Look at, the the possibilities are enormous and that ties them in with Impact Wrestling as well. And it's just, wow, I would love to see this. One yeah. wrestling nation <laughs> under the garden. What do you think, Ken?
2: You're shaking um, your head. I can see a tie-in certainly with AEW and, and TNA, but, uh, Having you know worked for Vince, uh, business is business. I, I I don't see any sort of uh, relationship really developing with WWE and AEW, and I I'm guessing uh, you know whether it was through Conrad, whether it was through Bruce Pritchard, um, how this came together for, you know, Stone Cold show with, with Chris Jericho. Um, also Vince is smart enough to know it's going to be great ratings. And I don't think Vince felt he would be in a position to tell Stone Cold, no, he couldn't do it. You
1: know, he wouldn't be in a position to tell, to let NBC down on that, but this all happened just with Austin and Jericho tweeting each other and they because they're buddies. They're in touch all the time. And yeah. then you have uh, Adam Cole from NXT, who's married to Doctor Britt Baker. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of variables here. If it's yeah. going to make like, money,
2: I mean, I, like I say, I don't think Vince would would have tried to tell Stone Cold no. And and knowing, you know, Vince, uh, the the huge star that Stone Cold, you know, was for him my guess it was more about that than you know uh nbc i think vince could have said to nbc hey you know they're our competitor um i guess
1: yeah i mean it's all it's hypothetical who knows at this point but uh they as they always say the winner of whatever this is is you the fans yeah right bruce yeah, for sure. And Ken
0: froze again, by the way, if you're on audio, he here he, he is, he's, he's back. back, he's back. Ken, your internet, the, the weather is nice in Minnesota, but the internet is having a little bit of challenge today. Real yeah, quick. Uh,
2: you know, it's it, internet, so no surprise. But but to me, it was more about he, Vince not wanting to try and tell Stone Cold no, uh, NBC he could have easily said, that's our competition, we're not doing that.
0: The great colleague uh, to transition, um, the great Kali is going into the hall of fame. He's part of the 2021 class. And listen, this is for me. And no offense to the great Kali who, who was around for a while, but I don't know if that's the, how, how you become a hall of famer these days. I, I don't know. I, I was, this is one of the ones like Coco Ware who maybe won five matches on WWE TV going in, was a head scratcher for me, but at least Coco had a big career in Memphis. You know, he was a memorable guy, the parent. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff with Coco, pile driver. I mean, deserving in a lot of ways, even though he didn't win a whole lot. But the great good Kali dancer. what?
2: Good dancer.
1: Good dancer. Right. Well not he was also he was, all, he was also a legendary character, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Kali doesn't fit any of those. Uh, I barely remember that he was part of the company, didn't win many matches, wasn't memorable, wasn't a great worker. The, what? I don't get it. Bill,
1: tell me, well, no, tell me. It's very easy. It's been all over the Internet and all that. The WWE has an incredible deal with TV in India. Uh, Kali was a champion there and it will ri- raise their um, their profile in, in India. It's a, they're a partner of theirs. We do appreciate our Indian fans. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce I mean, they,
2: it's like right in front of your face. Who was number one in all the podcasts of India a few weeks ago? I think so Vince had to do something. He said, wait a minute. Number one, we got to get WWE mm-hmm. back in front of the fan, wrestling fans in India. There's your oh. answer.
0: Really the Frank, right? these VOC guys are number one. Get Kali in here. He's chasing us, he's chasing us. The great Kali. Well, that's
1: why it, it's the, as much as I, I wanna feel that so many of these people, especially someone like uh, Davey Boy Smith uh, are going in there uh, because of what they did for the company. A lot of this, of course, is uh, political. Values and it's their Hall of Fame. They can put anybody in in that they want to.
0: But doesn't it weaken the honor when you have guys that really don't deserve it?
1: I think there are all there are Hall of Fames and other genres of uh, Hollywood and sports, and and there's a lot of people on the Hollywood Walk of Fame who got stars on there. Come on, they don't all deserve that.
2: Well, I I, to me, Bruce, it's more. It's not so much weakening it by putting. Kali in but it's more about you're putting him in where you can come up with these you know 20 people that are far more deserving that aren't in I I, after Ken
1: Resnick well thank you but the, the point here is that if you watch the show this week of the past few years they have done a video on like wrestlers who deserve to be in there, wrestler like Luthez and people like him, they will all be honored as well. So, you know, they, they do give, uh, they, do, they do do
0: that. All right, quick break. We'll do a lightning round when we come back. Just a sentence on everybody. I'm going to run down the list of both years. We'll do a sentence for each of you. Think about your best sentence for each, each one of these names, and we'll wrap up the show this week. Ken's got the final, the NCAA finals. Bill's got to watch Raw. This is Wrestling With History. We're worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling
2: Network. Star of number one rank, Gonzaga, from Minneapolis.
0: Whatever that means. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years.
1: Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight? 6'1",
0: 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage.
1: And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my
0: Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here
1: with uh, the manager of the <coughs> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet.
0: And for just $9 a month, Apters Archives are all yours.
1: Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect Well, I'll is.
0: tell you, Bill, I've searched the world and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found...
1: Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I don't want to say one thing. Bruno was an LA champion.
0: Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time.
1: This is Bill After, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was...
0: To sign up, it's very simple head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. VOC Nation Wrestling Network, wrestling with history and we're worldwide. And I just worldwide. thought of something.
1: Like yeah. You can exercise your hands by going V-O-N. C yeah yeah backwards backwards right. yeah I just you can do
2: like YMCA <laughs> um,
0: you can watch that on video premium channel three dollars a month patreon.com slash VOC nation or go to premium.voc nation.com hey I want to run down the class of 2020 and 2021. Just a sentence from each of you. If you really don't have anything, like, Ken, I know some of these people you didn't interact with much, even Bill, maybe you didn't either. Just say pass, and we'll we'll go uh, so we can get this over with and take it home. So here we go, starting with the class of 2021. Bill, John Bradshaw Layfield.
1: I uh, knew him when he first started out with uh, JBL, as uh, du- with Dutch Mantel as his manager yeah tough FSOB just in the uh the mold of uh Stan Hansen excellent broadcaster great guy Ken
2: uh I echo great broadcaster a few little controversies here and there uh great broadcaster uh, never met him but as Bill said his reputation was one tough SOB
0: great businessman too we talked a lot about the British Bulldog already. Jushin Thunder Lager. Oh, Jushin Liger,
1: I'm I'm a Liger. sucker for high flyers. I love wrestlers who are uh, aerial artists, and I would say he ranks probably within the top five in all time history. Ken Jushin Liger.
2: Never had any interaction with him.
1: All right, New
0: World Order, we talked about as a group. Bill, anything that we haven't talked about
1: for any one of those guys? My son and I wrote lyrics for that. Oh, yeah? You want to hear it? Yeah, give give us a little sample. And then there's Hulk Hogan. And then there's Scott Hall. It just keeps going on. Ken,
0: anybody in the New World Order that, that we didn't talk about?
2: I, I mean, it's all tremendously deserving. It was a great faction, fit together. Uh, the only thing I would add is sometimes Sean Waltham doesn't get the in-ring credit he deserves. He was a great worker and, and flyer. And I think that in-ring ability sometimes just gets overshadowed by the personalities of Hulk and Scott and Kevin.
0: Head of his time, right, Bill? I mean, in today's generation, with the young bucks and some of the smaller guys really rising to prominence. Yes, yeah, the so,
1: one-two-three kid, sure.
0: He could have been a, a world champion in today's.
1: Yeah, uh, at, at that size, yes. yes sure. Like Scott. What's that? He
2: had his own demons, yeah. uh, like Scott, which I yeah. think also held him back. So yeah,
1: for yeah, sure. But he he um, uh, he, another excellent aerial artist. Um, this one was a head
0: scratcher for me, Bill. Another one, not that these ladies weren't talented or good looking, but the Bella Twins. Um, well, the
1: Bella Twins brought more eyes to the non-wrestling crowd and drew more women to watch the wrestling crowd because of watching wrestling because they were part of it.
0: Yeah, total Bellas. That that I get, and total Divas. They were the big stars of that. So that that's some I shouldn't I shouldn't have uh, overlooked that. I that's yeah. a good point. Very good point. Can the Bella Twins?
2: Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, uh, probably more so than any members of the "quote unquote" divas division. They brought more fans to wrestling. Absolutely. So, from that standpoint, you know, deserving without question. You can make a case that there's others that maybe should have gone in ahead of them, but certainly well deserved.
1: Yeah, and I I know I know both of them, and they're both uh, they're really sweet ladies they're as sweet as they are pretty
0: yes yeah uh and and formerly well well um uh, very very they were their relationships john cena and daniel bryan or at least used to be john cena Well, it used to be john cena. no da- be
1: john cena and daniel bryan never went out
0: <laughs> bill was. shatner celebrity wing william shatner who is still active at 90 at some years old that's why amazing. not
1: Why not? I'm, I'm 95 i'm still active what the no, uh, when people think of the early WrestleManias and stuff, his name always pops up. So I met him once at a, a Comic-Con convention. He was very nice. Ken, William Shatner, do you have any? Yeah, any-
2: well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. It's Is it a Wrestling Hall of Fame or is it an Entertainment Hall of Fame? And, you know, one or two interactions, you know, it's like, okay.
1: Yeah, they have a celebrity wing. So, yeah, I think he belongs in there more than some of the other celebrities that they put in in past years. I mean, Drew, uh, what was his name? Drew, uh, not McIntyre. Drew Carey. Yeah. Drew Carey. Most I of the prices, right? How he got in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he made a cameo appearance at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Titus O'Neill, the Warrior Award winner, and he, he's oh. going in for his charity work in his oh. hometown of Tampa, Florida.
1: Still so well deserved. One of the most philanthropic people. One of the nicest people I've ever met. He really loves and cares uh, about helping the underdogs in the world, and uh, he's a genuine good human being. Awesome.
0: Awesome. 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 And and it's it's rare that you see somebody that is still you know relatively active going into the Hall of Fame. So that's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool thing with Titus and Neil. Uh To 2021, Molly Holly.
1: Oh, uh, Nora Green- Greenwald. Uh, everybody knows that's her name. Another pioneer when wrestling ladies were being moved to more of a uh, tough type of uh, competitor. Yeah. Uh, she could do it all, she could be tough, she could do the flying stuff uh great character along with her family bob holly and uh yeah and just a a, a real sweetie she helped change the wrestling business for the uh this staff side as we used to say she was mona too in wcw right yes yes
2: ken did you interact at all all Uh, all? interact molly never uh met her and she's from you know here in in minnesota uh but uh, agree molly holly uh in the entertainment type business, you know, she came in on, brought the kind of toughness to the business that like Medusa did. So uh, again, maybe you can argue some others, you know, maybe should have gone in, but she's absolutely deserving. Um, And I have yet to hear anything bad about her. She sounds like a very, very charitable, uh, like, Titus O'Neil, and just seems to be a, a wonderful human being and a great wrestling
1: talent, no question. He works with, uh, I believe, teaching or helping uh, children on the uh, autism spectrum.
0: Yeah, great, great person and and does some great things. Eric Bischoff, we talked about. The mayor of Knox County, Tennessee,
1: Glenn Jacobs, Kane. Oh, well, Kane is another one of these characters that changed uh changed the business. I mean, he he was just the entrance, even though he didn't create his entrance, everything, but he was a, an undeniable, uh, tough character, uh, had some great feuds, and a real storied character in the annals of WWE. Ken?
2: Uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I mean, they made him into a great character. Uh, and I have often felt that without Kane and not taking anything away from The Undertaker, but the feud with Kane, then the teaming with Kane made Undertaker even bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget AEW has the dental expertise of Dr. Britt Baker. The (laughs) WWE had the expertise of Glenn Jacobs, AKA Dr. Isaac Yankum.
0: Yes. Yes. And also the fake diesel. He's, He's been multifaceted yes. uh, and, and Kane was one of those people that, you know, never, uh, he was a champion, but you never really <laughs> saw him as a top top of the card, you know, draw, but he was a supporting character, supporting cast member for so many years. He was always there. One of the greats of all time. Kali, we and, talked
2: about. You know, uh, Kane doesn't quite get the credit uh, in his matches, he also more than willingly sold for his opponents during his match. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, for, especially, I mean, staying a monster like that and also selling and taking bumps. Yeah, you're right.
1: Great point, Ken. Every time he came back, he was as fresh as he was when he first came in. Absolutely. Uh, Rob Van Dam, ECW wow. original. Forget ECW, forget any original or whatever. Rob Van Dam, when I used to see him back in championship wrestling from Georgia, all the way to uh, toward when he started slowing down, one of my favorite in-ring people in the entire world. He could do every, everything. And I always, he and I, every time we get together, we, we, uh, we do this song I came up with up with. You remember the Michael Jackson song, the Jacksons, one, two, three. So we we did one, two, three, RBD, RBD, one, two, three. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, not workers, wrestlers of all time. He could work sure footed on the mat or do the flying stuff. And he was perfect with all that stuff. I am thrilled to see him go in there. Dan Rob Van Uh Damme.
2: uh, never met him but certainly as deserving as anyone
1: very big in the marijuana community as well Oh yeah yeah he he used to talk about that on uh interviews uh that i did with him yeah and
0: he's got a real knockout of a lady friend katie and yes look on look on twitter
1: yeah, he he is when you talk about a pro wrestling hall of fame he's got to be in that Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And then last but not least in the celebrity
0: wing of 2021 WrestleMania 2 and he also performed live at a SmackDown taping in 2007, the great Ozzy Osbourne. This
1: one I just don't understand it. Well, I can't. I'm going to pass on that because I'm not uh my musical tastes were not of his genre.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll I'll follow Bill's lead and that I'll pass as well. <laughs>
1: doesn't make any sense to me i remember <laughs> ozzy and harriet but that had nothing to do with us
0: i i mean i don't remember him at wrestlemania too. I, I, th- I think he was in one of the cities uh doing something but not not anything memorable or notable but whatever okay that wraps it up the wwe hall of fame class we hope you enjoyed our preview this was a little bit of, of a break from what we've been doing with well, our it's a preview but what if you're listening to this on thursday and it's a post view yeah, thank you <laughs> Yeah, you can listen to it anytime. It's Bill and Ken talking about the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020 and 2021. You can listen to it. It's timeless. You can listen to it in 2028, and it's still relevant. It's still relevant. Correct. Correct. Bill Bill will still be, too, at 99 years old. Yes, absolutely. Guys, next week we're going to talk about the late great Rowdy Rowdy Piper, I'm very excited about that. We were gonna do it this week, but I felt like the timing just all came together. We recorded a day early, and I thought, why not cover the Hall of Fame? I think people would enjoy that. so that's what we did. yeah
1: we and we should talk about WrestleMania next week when we when we reconvene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that'll be a lot of lot of things are going to happen between now and then, including the Jericho Stone Cold interview. So we'll find out how right or wrong we were by the time that you listen to this next week. So make sure you subscribe, like, follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network on your favorite podcast app, Look for Wrestling with History, featuring Bill After and Ken Resnick. That's all for this week for. Killer Ken Resnick, wonderful Willie the Legend Maker, Bill Apner. Send us out, guys. We'll see you eventually at the matches. Ken? What Bill said. (laughs) Go watch the basketball game. Bye, everybody.
2: has regained the championship.
0: This right here is the future of wrestling.